From Centered, welcome to the Take Root Podcast, where our purpose is to share testimonies that encourage you to deepen your roots of faith. Join host Karen Johnson to hear stories of those who have experienced God directing their own lives to a deeper, engaged faith. Well, friends, it's a joy to introduce you to a dear friend of mine today, Denise Daniels. After a long and meaningful career at Seattle Pacific University, Denise is now the Hudson T. Harrison Endowed Chair of Entrepreneurship at Wheaton College. She is co-author of the book, Working in the Presence of God, and she's one of the original producers of Faith and Company, an excellent series of documentaries out of SPU that highlight the struggles and triumphs of people living out of business as they're calling. So Denise, thank you so much for being here with us today. Hello. Hi there. It's good to be here, Karen. Yeah, and you're in your beautiful new home in Wheaton, Illinois. That's right. Well, let's start with you. Um, You're just in the midst of this amazing career. Would you just tell us a little bit about you and your family and your faith journey to to coming to where you are today? Sure. It's funny to hear you say it, call it an amazing career, because it just feels like my life. You know, it doesn't feel amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know how far back you want me to start, but but I'll start with... um, where I am now, which is Wheaton, Illinois, which is where I was actually born and raised and went to college at Wheaton College. And so I lived here my first 21 years and then could not wait to move away. And, <laughs> and so um, shortly after graduation, uh, my senior year at Wheaton, I moved across country to Seattle. And so I drove a moving truck and trailed my car and it was kind of a big adventure yeah. in my early 20s. And I started a PhD program at the University of Washington. Um, my PhD is in organizational behavior. Actually, right towards the end of my um, doctoral program, I uh, got a job at Seattle Pacific University, where I have taught or had taught for the past 24 years mm-hmm. as a professor of management there. And so um, it was a really good career. And I, I lived in Seattle for almost 30 years. And then just this spring, got called from Wheaton, my alma mater, and they asked me if I would consider applying to an endowed chair position. I don't know how familiar your listeners might be with academia. and Just for whenever this is released, we're recording this on December 11th. So yeah, but it does, it's, it's yeah. gotten up into the 40s, um, uh-huh. midday uh-huh. most days. So it's not yeah. terrible yet. I did live here for 21 years. <laughs> I know what's coming. <laughs> uh, well, tell us about your kids too, briefly, yeah. what, what's going on with your family. Cause... Yeah, so, so along the way, um, you know, I, I kind of gave you the brief contours of the academic track, but yeah. along the way, I also actually worked at Microsoft for a few years mm-hmm. and I have done a number of different consulting jobs, um, mm-hmm. even through my academic career. Mm-hmm. And um, then I also got married in my mid-20s and I had four children. And so yeah. My, yeah. my kids are now in their um, young 20s and teens. Mm-hmm. So we have kind of adolescent, young adult kids. Yeah. And yeah. Um, you know, it's strange moving across country because I'd had, um, our oldest had moved out, but we had three kids who'd been living with us. And as soon as we moved, we were down to one hmm. because yeah. uh, one of yeah. our kids was in college and she headed off to campus and another mm-hmm. is a senior in high school. And we actually left her in Seattle to finish up her high school career there. And so she's living with grandparents. So yeah. we ended up yeah. with just our youngest. And so uh-huh. it's been a much quieter household than yeah. what I'm used yeah. to. Wow. Um, but it's also been a good move. In, yeah, in yeah. Well, so over the years, you, you've just had this incredible passion for aligning work and faith. As you say, you're trying to help entrepreneurs in, in this journey of connecting faith and work. How did this passion develop in you? Yeah. You know, I, I, I kind of joke sometimes that all 
academic research is personal. You know, that mm -hmm. everyone who does research mm -hmm. in a given area does it because they have a personal interest in it in some yeah. way. Yeah. And for me, that started when I had two very small kids. Our first two kids are 18 months apart. I was working full time and I was just exhausted. And, yeah, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> and I started trying to trying to think about, you know, this whole notion of Sabbath hmm. seems like a really good idea, but I don't know what that means. I don't quite know oh, how yeah. to do that. Mm -hmm. And so like a good academic, I started researching it, reading a lot about it. And I actually worked with a couple of other of my colleagues at Seattle Pacific University. The other two colleagues I worked with were both young moms. And eventually the four of us, or sorry, the three of us ended up with a total of 12 children between us. So this, this notion of Sabbath was really important to us. <laughs> uh, we, we were really trying to figure out what does this look like? How, how do we do this? And so we wrote a couple of papers together, but mostly we were trying to live it and we were trying to figure out what, is, what does this mean? But for me, that was the entree into this idea that my faith really could have a really significant bearing on my work. Yeah. And that there was this intersection between faith and work that was important for me personally, but also could be important to other people. And so Sabbath was the entry point for me for that. But it became much bigger than that. Yeah. And um, ultimately, there was a whole group of us at Seattle Pacific who started kind of looking at and examining what does a theology of business look like? Yeah. What does it mean to think about business as something that God calls people to? Mm -hmm. And what would redemptive business be? What, what does yeah. that mean? Yeah. How could we understand it and then communicate it to our students, to the business community? And you mentioned the film projects that I've been a part of. Uh -huh. the, the Faith and Co. film series really came out of that same yeah. sort of germ of an idea of how, how do we understand this intersection between theology and business and how do we communicate it effectively? And that, that fits into a bigger understanding of the church, really, because so many have thought over the years of, Oh, we go to church on Sunday, but the church is really God's people interacting with the world here, his kingdom and in his kingdom here yeah. on earth. And yeah. so your focus is on business. But as we talk about this, I hope our listeners will think about wherever they are in life, whether they're CEO at home, raising a family, or they are out in the work world or teaching, whatever their job is, that they will understand thinking along these lines applies to them too. That's right. And you know, the best, the best sort of example that I've heard of that notion of that intersection between the church and the workplace is the idea of, of the heartbeat and, mm. and kind of this notion that as, as people who make up the church, we're like the blood in the body yeah. and that yeah. the heart is like the church. And so we as blood, we, we get drawn to the heart where we're oxygenated and filled up to go. And then we actually do our work, not in the heart, but we get sent out into the body to do the work that, you know, the blood needs to do to make the body live. And so we get sent out into the world to do the work that God is trying to do in the world. So, so as the church, we are drawn into the church community on a weekly basis. Mm -hmm. And that's there that we get refreshed and oxygenated and ready to go out and do the work that God is calling us to. So we get sent out into the world. We get sent out into our families, into our jobs, into our communities to do the activities that God calls Christians to do and to do the work that God is doing in the world. So yes. that work doesn't happen in the church. That work happens in conjunction with the church. The church is obviously critical for it to happen, yeah. but it happens the other six days of the week outside of the church. 
That's such a clear statement of that. Thank you for that. So you were 24 years at SPU, I think. And now you've described this new position that you're in, the Hudson T. Harrison Endowed Chair of Entrepreneurship. And I'm just wondering, what is your vision for this position going forward? Because what you didn't say, and what I think I understand about this position is that you have the freedom to dream about it, about what it will look like. So tell us about that and about what your vision is for it. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, this is a new position at the college. And so it's not like I'm filling somebody else's shoes. I get to, mm-hmm. I get to move into it and create it. Yeah. And I have two kind of big ideas, two, two things that I really want to do. One is to teach well and to, mm-hmm. to help students who are students at Wheaton think about what it means for them to be followers of Jesus in the world of business and how they might be able to start businesses or even if they don't start businesses to work in a business context Mm -hmm. and do that in a way that's faithful and redemptive, as I mentioned Mm -hmm. earlier. The other goal that I have is the other big picture idea that I have is I want Mm -hmm. to help encourage and support people who are in entrepreneurial roles in the community and particularly Christians who want to figure out how do I do this business well how do I do it in a way that honors Christ? And how do I do it in a way that is successful and really does um, accomplish what I hope to accomplish with this idea that I have, this mm-hmm. business idea that I have, whatever that might be. Mm-hmm. And so I, I envision it being both kind of an internal and an externally facing role in the, in the college, uh-huh. um, internal to the students and then external to the community. So will that look like you going out and meeting with business owners to consult and help them dream about what that might look like? Yeah, it absolutely could. Um, Uh And again, I think that it's a little unknown still, and this has been an odd year to try to figure out what that looks like just because (laughs) of COVID. If an entrepreneur has an idea or is struggling with something that we could bring it to students who are learning about it, they could help to address the problem, come up with different approaches to it, present that back so that there would be kind of an iterative engagement with Mm -hmm. both the students and the local businesses. Um, I also think that there's an opportunity for, but my hope is that we would be able to engage with students and the business community. And so peer relationships between um, entrepreneurs. And so maybe cultivating business leaders who support each other and and each other, that kind of thing. I, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here listening to you and I'm thinking about all the entrepreneurs out there right now, the small business owners in this time of COVID. I'm not even sure what question to ask you. I think you must have done a lot of thinking around that. Do you have any thoughts around what that I do? Although I'm, not, I'm not sure they're entirely well-formed. So let me talk mm-hmm. a little bit and you okay, can respond okay. to it. This is a really tough time for yeah. many, many businesses, as you can yeah. imagine. And a lot of them are not making it. Um, A lot of them have run out of funds from the government that they were relying on earlier in the year. And a lot of businesses will fail um, Mm -hmm. and and through no fault of the business owner. That's true of entrepreneurs broadly. Even in non-COVID times, a lot of entrepreneurs fail and a lot of them fail through no fault of their own. There's just circumstances that occur that they couldn't have anticipated or predicted. And many entrepreneurs are serial entrepreneurs, which means that they pick themselves up and they start something new. And so there's always something to be learned in that process. The other thing that I think that is unique about this time right now of COVID is that we're actually seeing more businesses get started than we have have seen in the past. And so I don't know. Yeah, it is interesting. I don't know if it's a function of the fact that people are home and trying to figure out what am I going to do now? Or Hmm. maybe they've lost a job where they had felt like it was secure and feel like, well, maybe it's a chance for me to do something on my own. But they're Something different, been, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so every hmm. every different every challenging time, every change creates brings with it an opportunity. 
and I think people are seeing some of those opportunities and saying, you know, I think I can fill a need. I can address a particular challenge or problem in the world. I've got ideas. I've got resources. I've got connections. I've got yeah, uh, whatever yeah. it is. And yeah. I want to try to do huh. this, this unique thing. Well, that, that's good. That's good. I'm thinking of a young woman that I work with right now who is, uh, she was teaching classes in a gym. And she's got this very creative, she's also an artist, an amazing artist. She is now thinking, how can I go online? How can I teach online? Because the gym is closed, right? Anyway, that's just one thought of somebody exactly who's right. thinking that way. Yeah. And I think that the <clears throat> online life that many of us have lived now for the past nine months has really opened up this opportunity to think, oh, what else can we do with yeah. this with this mechanism? How, how else yeah. might we be able to stay connected? Yeah. Um, you know, when we moved, we, we thought we were going to move away from our community, and we did physically and geographically. Right. But as you know, we've been able to stay connected with in, in small group contexts. Yes. We have a church community that we've been able to stay connected with while we're still trying to find a church here. You know, so there have yeah, been a number yeah. of things that have been interesting that the technology has allowed us to do. And I think similarly in the business world, people are looking and saying, hey, this is new. This is, we're going to be able to do things differently in the future. What yeah. opportunities does this create for us? I, I heard this some time ago on the radio, and I wish I had had this thought when I was a young mom. It's about failure. And this dad used to ask his kids every day at the dinner table in an excited way, okay, what did you fail at today? <laughs> and he wanted to encourage them to like think of it as a positive thing because it meant that you risked something. You yeah. tried something new. And so it was his way of encouraging them to say, hey, let's share what we failed at today and rejoice over that and try again. Yeah, I so love maybe, that because I think it? that's it's, it's very countercultural, right? Like yeah. I think yes, it we is. tend to communicate to our kids, we want you to succeed and work hard and you'll make it. <laughs> and yeah. the truth is everyone yeah. fails at some right. point. And then how do you respond to that failure is really critical. Yeah. And so getting used to failing is maybe not a bad thing Yeah, if, right. if you're able to use it as an impetus for the next opportunity to try. And it builds resiliency, doesn't it? That's right. That's yeah. really, really hard stuff. <laughs> yeah, nobody wants to fail. That's no. not, <laughs> not at all. Are there any other thoughts or words of encouragement you'd want to leave our listeners with? Boy, that's a broad question, Karen. It is, <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know, one of the things you, you mentioned the book, that I, that I co-wrote with my uh, friend and co-author, Shannon Vandewerker, and it's called Working in the Presence of God, uh, yeah. Spiritual Practices for Everyday Work. Yes. And we, we wrote that book. It came out a year ago, right before COVID. And that book was designed to help people who are working to think about how do they engage their spiritual life in the context of their workplace. Mm -hmm. So how do you engage in spiritual disciplines in the, in the warp and woof of, of your everyday life, not, not just at home in your, you know, cozy chair doing devotions, although that's a good thing, yes, um, yes. but also in the course of your day, when you're opening up your inbox for the first time in the morning, when you're walking yeah. into a meeting, how do you engage and, and make sure that you're inviting God into those moments? You know, God is obviously present all yes. the time, but how do we acknowledge that? How do we recognize that? And how do we invite God's presence into those moments? And so that book was designed for that purpose. Um, it's been interesting now that people are working from home um, to kind of rethink some of that. Mm -hmm. And so we're in the process right now of crafting a follow-up. It'll be more of a workbook style, but it will target some of these. Um, if you're working from home, if you're more isolated, how might you engage in some of these practices? And I guess my encouragement to your listeners would be to, to have them think through 
what are some practices that I can engage in that would help me to recognize God in the midst of the everyday? Uh, what are some things that I can do to help me stay connected to God mm-hmm. and God's power in the midst of the mundane? You know, Brother Lawrence wrote working uh, in the presence of God, and he talked about working mm-hmm. in the kitchen and scrubbing yes. potatoes and how that yes. was a, uh-huh. an opportunity for him to engage with God. And we, we really took that notion and, and yeah. wanted to carry it into you know, white-collar workplaces, blue-collar workplaces, conference rooms, delivery vehicles, whatever it might be, uh, classrooms and so on, but helping people to think through what does that look like. And so my encouragement would be for people to, to really start to think about what does that mean in their own lives. That's beautiful. Okay, I'm going to ask you then, when you open your email in the morning, what do you do? Well, it depends. <laughs> If I'm really remembering to do this, which I don't, you know, it's funny because even though I've written this book, like I still find myself just like everybody getting caught up in the moment and, and kind of getting sucked away. Um, But if I'm, if I, if I'm thinking about it, which I try to do, and I've got a couple of prompts that help me to try to do that better. I I look at my, my, um, I don't look at my email first. I actually look at my calendar first Mm -hmm. and I try to lift each of those meetings up to the Mm -hmm. Lord and, and ask what, what do you want me to to know what do you want me to see mm-hmm. and what do you want me to be aware of in this mm-hmm. moment for with each of these people and so if I've got different people I'm meeting with I will pray for them I will pray mm-hmm. for myself I will pray for that interaction and it's mm-hmm. it's quick it's not like I'm yes. sitting down and doing this for 30 minutes I'm sitting down and doing it for 30 seconds yeah but yeah. it's a way to remind myself that this day is God's yeah. that my my activity and my work is to God's for God's purposes and to, yes. for God's ends mm-hmm. and it just resets me a little mm-hmm. bit And then I can open up my email and then I, you know, get into the moments of my day. That's a beautiful example. Beautiful example. Well, friends, I hope that we can all reimagine a world, a business world and a world in general that aligns its practices with the teachings of Jesus. And what an amazing world that would be if it were to happen. So, Denise, thank you for your work that you do toward that end and for being with us today and all the great words of wisdom you've just shared. So Thanks, good to Janet. be with you. Thank you. Likewise, it's been a delight to be part of this. I appreciate okay. it. Great. And friends, we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Take Root Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and share. To learn more about Centered and hear more stories of discovery and growth in Jesus, visit us at centered.org.